0: I'm John Miller and this is For Old Missouri. And hey, was I on to something with Ben Askren having a shot at stardom or what? That was complete madness. Was it not? I don't know, maybe I'm biased, but that was one of the nuttiest things I've ever seen. But before we get into that, just here at the top, I want to say in the last episode, I just have a slight correction. When I said, mentioned the man that was traded for Ben Askren. I said it was Demetrius Harris. And no, that's not who it is. It's not the Kansas City Chiefs backup tight end. Of course, it's Demetrius Johnson. I don't know why I said Harris. I had Johnson written down and everything, but you know what? What the hell? Sometimes you get them wrong, but I got to correct it here at the top. Also, sorry, I didn't get this out on Sunday, but you know what? I've got a sick wife at home and We had a bunch of snow here in Missouri, in mid-Missouri, so I had some work to do and some, and a very, again, a very sick wife to tend to, so sorry about that. Also had some, had a co-host who was under the weather as well, so you know what, you guys are just going to have to tough it out with me, just for one more episode anyway. So about Mr. Ben Askren's fight against Robbie Lawler. Well, as somebody who I, I'll admit I haven't seen every Ben Askren fight, but I've seen a lot of them—not necessarily live, but on YouTube and various other outlets—and I'll say that fight offensively for Askren, he made the same move that he makes in virtually every fight that I've ever seen him, and that's that as soon as the bell rings, he starts coming forward towards his opponent and he attempts to grab their legs, get them on the ground, and get him into his wrestling centric offense into his game essentially. Well, again, that's exactly what you saw Askren do in his UFC uh, his UFC debut here, but Lawler successfully fended it off and while they were both still still on the ground on their feet, I should say, while they were both still on their feet, Lawler managed to essentially fireman's carry Askren. He kind of put his head up under just managed to lever, leverage up under Askren's rib cage and almost up under his, his, his armpit. And, and firemen's carry him essentially put Askren's body on his shoulders and then proceeded to drop him right on his head. I mean, that was one of the craziest things I've ever seen in my life. Now, I've seen guys get slammed down really hard before in UFC and in amateur wrestling. But I've never seen somebody get dropped on their fucking head like that. Excuse my language, but that was insanity. Literally, twenty, what, 20 seconds into the match? I've never seen anything like that. Fortunately, Askren did manage to change his body position in midair so he didn't take his entire weight on top of his own head and neck there because that could have been quadriplegia right there for Mr. Askren. But again, unfortunately, he was able to at least take a relatively slight bump on the head, but he was knocked very loopy there. And and the amount of shots that Lawler managed to get to his face and head there was just absolutely brutal. I thought at that moment, Askren started the fight as a minus 285 favorite. He must have been plus 10,000 at the moment, at least in my mind, when he landed on his head. I thought he was absolutely done. I was completely bummed out. I just spent a previous episode of a podcast saying, hey, this guy, he could be a star. Give him a chance. Plunk down your 65 bucks. And so now I'm watching him get dropped on his head 20 seconds into the match, and he looks dead. Not literally, of course, but he looks dead in the water in terms of winning this fight. I mean, I would have given him almost no chance whatsoever. But then you know what happened? He showed all the as, as much toughness as I've ever seen from a fighter in the octagon. And he managed to somehow fight off all the shots to the head that Lawler gave him and get back to his feet. And very staggeredly so at first. Lawler got one more good knee right to his midsection that staggered a wobbly-legged Askren one last time. But you know what, Askren? Once he got to his feet, he managed to start grabbing Lawler by the wrists and start transitioning into a wrestling game from actually a standing position, whereas he usually go, like I said, he usually goes for the leg takedown, the double leg immediately. Well, this time it was more upper body stuff, and he eventually was, maybe he was trying to keep his balance, quite honestly, but miraculously, Askren just eventually turned it to his way and just started transitioning and then to the point where, oh, my God, I screamed out, does he have him? I could not believe it. I couldn't believe that he had him, that he had him in this chokehold, in this, what, what would you call it? A, now now I'm now I'm blanking a little bit. What would you call that? A, a chin lock? A chin lock? Yeah, I guess you'd call it just a chin lock, which he had, from what I could tell, he had it up under Robbie's chin. Now, some people thought that and including Robbie, he thought, hey, that was too quick. I wasn't out. That was too quick of a stoppage. But here's the problem. When you go back and look at the referee, he grabs Robbie's arm, lifts it up, and the arm drops. He does. Robbie didn't give him enough to continue the fight. And quite honestly, when you really look at it, where was Robbie going there? What was another five to ten seconds going to do for him there? I think Askren clearly won that fight. I, I didn't think that was a particularly controversial decision, but – I just could not believe that comeback. I cannot believe not only, I knew Askren was an incredibly skilled fighter, but just my God, the chin that he showed there. I mean, yeah, he didn't land on his chin, but he took plenty of shots to the chin. I'll I'll leave I'll leave a link to the highlights of this fight so you can see it for yourself, just in case you missed it or want to see what I'm talking about again here, but truly a remarkable performance by Ben Askren and If you were a person who was curious to see what he would do in the octagon in the UFC after all his time overseas and won and Bellator and various other promotions, how can you not be intrigued to see what he does next? How? To me, this guy's a draw. And The most hilarious part is the crowd was immediately booing him after the match for the stuff he was saying, and of course, Dana White was saying... Yeah, I think Robbie, because of partially because of the finish, I assume, yeah, it would only be fair for him to get a rematch. And naturally, Ben's gonna keep that feud with Dana White going, and he says, Yeah, I'll pass on that one. Sorry, boss. <laughs> perfect. Just perfect. Really, I mean he he's the best. Ben Asker and he just he knows how to promote himself. He knows how to get under people's skin and for all the right reasons in order to promote himself in order to get to talk people into the seats. It's a beautiful thing. I think Dana White, part of him's annoyed, but a part of him is obviously thrilled, too, because you know what? He's got himself another box office draw here, I think, and I think this will be a learning experience for Askren as well. I think he's only going to get better moving forward here in the UFC. I think maybe he learned that just going immediately for the double leg is a little bit too predictable, but he also showed that he's got all the skill, all the competitive will, and everything else, to me, to be the best in this sport. But you know what? Speaking of the best in this sport and the best of that weight class, unfortunately, did not go nearly as well for Mr. Tyrone Woodley. Yes, the new welterweight champion, Mr. Usman. Wow, what a dominant performance by him. And if Askren wasn't the breakout star of the night, it was certainly Mr. Usman. And I'm saying Mr. because I don't know how to pronounce his first name. I'm sorry. What can I do? And you know, when it comes to Tyron Woodley and his performance, and by the way, just hats off to him for an incredible title run going back to two thousand and sixteen. That's nothing to turn your nose up at whatsoever. That's an incredible accomplishment for that young fella. But you know what? I was kind of reminded of Rousey's fight when she lost her championship finally. I believe it was to Holly Holm, correct me if I'm wrong, but it just seemed like Woodley met somebody that he had never quite seen before and was not quite prepared for. And maybe just, I don't know, maybe it had gotten old all of a sudden. It's interesting. With fighters, it can go awfully quick. And maybe it's not a matter of being old. Maybe it's just a matter of somebody hitting you in the face. You know, as Tyson said, everybody's got to play until you get hit in the face. I don't know. I Really, though, and Woodley sort of admitted this post-fight, I just thought, he wasn't aggressive enough. I think he needed, especially with striking, I think for as much as Usman was coming at him and getting him to the ground, there was no way he was going to win that fight on the ground, Woodley. I mean, you could tell that, which was a little bit surprising considering his wrestling chops, but Usman seems like a really special competitor. I'll give him that. I'm not sure that it would have mattered. He was Woodley was truly outclassed there. I just would have liked to have seen him at least throw some more jabs. Throw some more combinations, but particularly just some left jabs to keep some distance there between himself and Usman. But you know what? Again, I'm not sure it would have mattered. I think Usman may just be one of the next great competitors in UFC, and I sure as heck would like to see him and Askren face off at some point. That would be really fun. But, of course, Mizzou basketball got a win on Saturday to put us in the winning column at 2-1. and one, At least that's how I'm going to score it. Yes, it was nice to see us beat South Carolina, and it's always nice to see Frank Martin with a bad look on his face. Like he's just, like someone's just puked in his porridge. You got to love that. But in particular, it was nice to see Kevin Purrier finally break out of his offensive slump here in SEC play. So I think Kevin had been, uh, he's probably been a little too hard on himself, and he had admittedly, I think, been overthinking things a little bit recently. and So he said, I, you know what, I'm just going to go out there and play. And I thought he did a good job of that. And you know what, I think somebody else who went out and just played, but more so than that, is starting to play a little bit smarter and find the, I think, the rhythm that he needs and the the balance that he needs, more importantly, between taking threes and getting into the paint, coming off screens. I thought Torrance Watson did a very nice... Torrance Watson, or I'm sorry, Torrance Watson did a very nice Mark Smith impression on Saturday. I thought, really, from my eyes, they essentially put Watson in Smith's role more or less, coming off screens, and then also wisely when he would get the ball at the right moment in time, he got in the paint and got himself a couple and ones. And you know what? Actually, here's Torrance talking about his game. Uh, well, that's all. The help of Mark Smith, actually. Uh, one of our players that's out, he's been telling me about how when he was getting guarded, the shot fakes, uh, people are poking out hard. So just get to the basket, get an hand one, and kick it out there. Yeah, and I think that's a really important, good lesson there from Mark Smith. Because when you're a good three point shooter, guys are going to close out hard at you, harder, the better the shooter you are. So you can take advantage of that by using the shot fake. God knows Bobby Knight has been teaching it for years. It's still effective to this day. Again, Watson finding more offense outside of the three-point line is really a key not only for him, but really this whole team going forward. He was a big-time scorer coming out of high school, and we need him to find that. And I think we're seeing some good signs there of that. I think one stat I'm really going to look for just not only the rest of this season, but especially next season, is Watson's free throw attempts per game. I think he can get easily to four or five a game if he's playing the kind of game that we saw yesterday. Assuming he gets enough minutes, of course, but regardless, just on a, you know, say a per minute basis, he should he can definitely double his free throw output output. I really believe that. And as for Jeremiah Tillman, kind of the usual story with him when he was on the floor, he was pretty darn good, but At times, he had trouble staying off the floor, too. I thought, in particular, his second foul was really just all on him. It was truly abysmal. Like, he was completely out of position and had no chance to defend the play. But you know what? He just, I don't know, I guess had a brain fart, had a a bad moment of judgment, whatever you want to say. But you know what? What I was really encouraged by had nothing to do with the box score. And maybe some of you think I focus on this stuff too much, but you know what? It's my show, so bite me. But seriously, when Reed Nico came out at the end of the game and he had a key dunk and some really nice minutes yesterday, you know, Jeremiah Tillman was just slapping him on the back, you know, hugging him, just giving him all kinds of love, the high fives, the whole deal. You know, it was just a great thing to see. I really loved that. It honestly warmed my heart because as somebody who used to play, somebody who was a post player for years and years, and particularly in high school, you go against the same guy every day in practice, and there's a lot of accidental elbows and a lot of a lot of that kind of stuff, a lot of irritation, a lot of competitive fire. But you know what? From my experience, you find that you really – get a real tight bond with the, with those guys too there's something about being competitive with your teammates on a regular basis like that 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 gets you to be tight or at least it should in, in, a, in a good environment and I really saw that from from Torrent I'm sorry from Jeremiah Tillman and from Reed Nico today those guys have got to just for the last two years have just been banging against each other in practice just exchanging sweat non-stop right and skin follicles and cells for 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 going on 2 years now right so i just thought it was i thought it was great to see that these guys have an obvious true friendship there and just i don't know just warm my heart what can i say and not only that hey into the game fan favorite adam wolf gets into the game and you know what a part of me was thinking hey we're having this great game just in the back of my mind i thought gosh he gets the biggest it's funny how he gets the biggest Ovation almost of the whole time, but for all these guys are busting their butts the whole game, and well, the wolf gets it. But you know what? I thought it was cool to hear what Torrance Watson and Kevin Purrier had to say about it after the game. Actually, when I went over, that, I told Coach to feed the wolf, and he <laughs> yeah. put him in. The <laughs> oh, okay, so you helped get him in the game. Oh uh, yes, sir, i got like it Yeah. <laughs> So there you heard it from Torrance Watson. He says the Wolf's his guy, and here's what KP had to say about it. Uh, to be honest, I think Adam Wolf is probably the most popular player on the team. They absolutely love him. <laughs> they absolutely love Adam around here. So uh, you, you heard the you heard the Feed the Wolf chance. Feed the Wolf, that's right. Yeah, they, they, yeah. you know, that people love him around here. And, you know, he's very deserving of it. He's a great guy. See, you hear that? He's very deserving. He's a great guy. Not a bit of jealousy from either one of those teammates there. And again... I don't know, maybe I focus on this stuff too much, but I think it's really important when you're having a season like Missouri is having here, which is obviously not the season they wanted. In some ways, it's been kind of a season from hell with all the injuries and sort of bad luck we've had at times and blown leads and what have you, but despite all this, you've got a true freshman and a senior are both all in seemingly. And they're really happy for their teammate Adam Wolf. Now, obviously KP and the Wolf, they've been together for a long time. But for Torrance Watson to say that and be like, "Hey, I was telling him to put him in," I don't know. I, I think that all, that stuff all matters to me because you know what? I've seen unhappy Missouri teams before. I'm sorry, but those Kim teams did not act like this. They just didn't. And even that last team with jordan clarkson that last hay team with clarkson and jabari brown and jonathan williams hey remember he was not happy i'll guarantee you that remember when he said he transferred basically because he didn't feel like he fit in with anybody on the team we had and then everybody else who he didn't get along with apparently they they decided to transfer as well so uh, there was just not a real buy-in there ever there was just never a just never seemed like a happy group a group that seem to hang out together and and by the way I saw Xavier Pinson go Instagram live with his two freshman buddies Torrance and and uh, Javon Pickett as well and again again I'm going to say the word overanalyze again but I really don't think I am I think my instincts are telling me that that this is a this is just a sign it's obviously not you can't just be happy and be with your buddies and think oh well that's that's what's going to equal good basketball. But what it what it is is it's a sign of buy-in. It's a sign of guys who are working hard. It's a sign of guys who are in this together for the long haul. And I think we're going to see a much better team here in Columbia, Missouri next year. But you know what? I'm a Pollyanna, so what the hell. All right, everybody. Hope you guys enjoyed yet another solo episode of For Old Missouri. I'm gonna try to get some guests on here really soon and be a better booker and producer of my own show, damn it. That's my goal, anyway. Alright. Take it easy, everybody.